0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at Keyword Voice America.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong.
2: Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm absolutely delighted today to welcome to the show Don Miguel Ritz, the author of the very, very popular The Four Agreements. And he's going to be talking today about The Four Agreements, but also in addition, The Fifth Agreement. So Miguel, welcome to the show.
3: It is a pleasure to be with you and with all of you. You guys have all my love. Oh, thank you so much. We love you, too.
2: (laughs) So, Miguel, you come from a a lineage of the Toltec. Can you tell us a
3: little bit about that? Okay, well, the, the word Toltec means artist. Then, in my point of view, every single living being in this beautiful planet Earth is an artist. And... We all, even if we don't have the awareness, we are artists. And we use the word in order to create a story in the one we are living. And that story is about us. We are the main character of our story. And everyone that we know and everything that we know is part of that story. They are secondary characters. But that story is about your own life, the experience, the way you perceive everything, what you believe about everything. And it's really about you, and it's made by words. You know, like in the Bible say, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and everything was created by the word. Well, we use the word to create the story of our life. And when we talk about to be impeccable with the word, is really how we use the word in the creation of the story of our life. If we're impeccable, we create a wonderful story. If we are not impeccable, we create a story that is full of trauma, full of emotional pain, can be full of hate etc etc then the whole thing will depends of how we use the word that's why the very first agreement is the most important of all the impeccability of the world
2: so miguel before we move into the, the four agreements um i just wanted to uh, have you have you explain to our listeners your own journey because i know you didn't go into the uh, toltec lineage initially in terms of your work, but you went into traditional uh, becoming a, a, a surgeon in the medical profession. So tell us about what happened there.
3: Well, I was very lucky to be born in, in my family because they carried that ancient tradition of the Toltecs. The Toltecs, as, uh, as I said before, it means artists and it was not really um, a nation. As many people to live, even that in Tula they create a, a city where everybody knows them as the Toltecs. But it was long before Tula. Anyway, uh, when the Mexicas, which means the Aztecs, was in the in the in, in power, they called themselves the New Toltecs, which means the New Artists. That when they visit Teotihuacan which is a, a very ancient place who was built 20 2500 years ago and by the time of the Aztecs they was in ruins already but the the Clotrani, which is, means the king of the of the Aztecs he said oh what wow. oh wow, this uh, that was built by the supreme artist by the gods and then they decide to to call themselves the New Toltecs and he used uh, almost the same way that the Toltecs of Teotihuacan used by creating uh, what they call the Jaguar Knights and the Eagle Knights being the Eagle Knights the, the ones who carry all the wisdom and in fact he uh, was the best of the Eagle Knights the ones who was the who who represent the entire nation of the Aztecs. Anyway, by, by the conquest, when the Spanish destroyed everything, then the Eagle Knights divide and they go to many different places and they agree not to meet each other just in case that if they were destroyed, the knowledge will stay because the knowledge was nothing but pure common sense. Then at that time, uh, we can say that the knowledge was really hidden from people, even that was just common sense. But the way that they believed, it was something completely different. Well, this knowledge is is shifting according humanity shift, and it still is being just common sense. There is nothing really mysterious about the Toltec tradition. But just if, uh, if we understand that the word Toltec means artist, we really are artists, and every single human on this planet Earth is an artist, then everybody is really a Toltec. <laughs> and as, as soon as we know that we are artists, we can see life in a completely different way. Because as an artist, we look for beauty, for romance, for love for everything that feels and looks good, because this is how we create. Then when we create uh, the most important art, which is our own personal story, we, we have the intention to create a masterpiece of art and create what I can call heaven on earth, which is heaven in our own world, in ourselves.
2: So, Miguel, you have quite a story yourself because I know that you've actually had three brushes with physical death in this lifetime, beginning with a near-fatal car accident. So tell us a little bit about how that changed your life.
3: Well, it started changing long before that because when I was 11 years old, after uh, at least six or seven years of domestication, something dramatic happened in my life. Which is the death of an old brother Who, my brother was 19 years old and they died in a car accident Then it was a big drama in my family because the death of my brother And what I saw Is that everyone was pretending to be what they are not And for me it was a big awakening experience because in my point of view, it's like everyone was wearing a mask, pretending to be what they are not. And that 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 happened when I was 11 years old. And there's something that really shifted my life, because after that, I no longer believe my teachers. I don't. I not even believe my, my own parents, my brothers, because I saw that they was always pretending to be what they are not. And at a certain point, they gave me a big advantage um, in dealing with everybody around me, but that gave me also a disadvantage because I was so so alone, so lonely, but I never really accepted because that pushed me to, to take advantage of what I knew and the others didn't know and even that I tried to explain them. nobody really understood me.
2: So at the age of 11, you had this realization of this lack of uh, authenticity, but you didn't put it away. You continued working with it.
3: Well, yes, because uh, it's at the time that the hormones start coming in my physical body. <laughs> and, Rebellion. <laughs> uh, oh, well, yes, of course. And I was very uh, little, and everybody was very big and kind of powerful. And let's see, to compete at school with big guys was a little difficult and I really wish to be big and and older that I can compete, but because I cannot compete physically, I start competing intellectually by what I discovered after the, the death of my brother. And I see weakness in everybody around, even the ones who, who believe that was very tough and very strong. And intellectually, I start kind of taking advantage of them. I becomes like a little intellectually bully. Yes. And uh, they really, uh, the big guys always protect me until I become big. And, and, you know, I take advantage at school also from all the teachers because I start accumulating knowledge. I, I was uh, really wanted to be uh, strong in what I know was strong, with was the intellect. And a certain point when I was like around 17 and I, I went to see my grandfather, which is, he was the head of uh, the, the entire family, the Don. Then I went to him and I start telling him everything that I knew. And I just see him laugh, s- smiling. Until he start talking and then he say, oh, Miguel, you are doing very well at school, you know? I can see that, uh, that you are repeating all what your teachers uh, teach you, but you are just like a period. None of what you say, it really comes from you. You just repeat what other people say and they make you believe that this is truth. And that really sh- shocked me completely. Because it was the base of everything that I believe I was. And then I discovered that it was truth. I was repeating the point of view of the teachers in different ways. Like a politically, like a socially, and becoming a copy of them. I was not authentic. And this is what my grandfather um, put in front of me anyway that's when, that's when I decided I need to become some to become a medical doctor because to my brothers they was already medical doctors they was uh, um, and, um, finishing the medical school when I was accepted and I just uh, keep going with this kind of tradition with my brothers and just by the by the end of uh, of of my training as a medical doctor is when I have this car accident.
2: So Miguel, we're actually coming up to our first break, so I'm going to hold you there and when we come back we'll talk about that accident because obviously it was a pretty critical time in your life. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
0: be extraordinary 7th wave network Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to myheartcenteredjourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
1: listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tung. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome
2: back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. I'd like to remind you to check out my website, www.petertung.com. My recent newsletter is now posted there and all the other bits and pieces that we're involved in and also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, uh, where also you'll find all sorts of information about the work that we're doing and the Ambassadors of Light program tomorrow evening at 5.30. We have a class that takes place every two weeks and I'll be talking tomorrow about a Scorpio workshop that took place at the end of October. And also about the 11 and what we are going to be involved in on Friday and some of the significant events that are taking place. So please check out those two websites, www.petertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com Having with me today, Don Miguel Ritz, the author of The Four Agreements and more recently The Fifth Agreement. And Miguel, just before the break, you were about to start talking about that near-fatal car accident you had.
3: Well, yes, um, about that time I was in, at medical school, and I was part of the, uh, the chief of that generation. I was uh, uh, doing a lot of politics, and I had this car accident, and something interesting happened to me. I see my car, my, my body is sleeping in the wheel of the car because I drink too much that night. And I see how the car was a uh, crash in the wall and a concrete wall, and I just embraced my body. And even that the car was total, my body was completely safe, and nothing happened to my body. But it was the very first time that I see my body because I about that. I knew that I am not the body, that I live in that body, that that body is the vehicle that I use in order to interact with the rest of the planet Earth. It's, it's the matter and the one I live. But I knew I am not the body and that changed everything in my life because after that, uh, everything changed in me. I was not... Uh, very social for a, two three years, I went so deep inside myself and I hardly can wait to finish school in order to go back to my mother and my grandfather and ask them to, to help me to have the experience again, but without all that uh, drama, without all the trauma. And, uh, and yes, my mother helped me really. And she, uh, started teaching me something that she called dreaming. And the dreaming is a kind of meditation that she was pushing me to get out of my body. That I can see everything with a completely different point of view. Because it was based in that we are dreaming all the time. That right now in this moment, this is a dream and we dreaming in the story that we create but it looks so real. Well, anyway, it was take like a three, four years until finally I had the same experience again. And I see myself out of the body and I start having many other weird experiences. Then in all those years, I was already practicing uh, surgery with my brothers until a certain moment I decided. that I no longer want to spend my life or most of my life in a hospital when I know that the main problem of almost everyone is in the human mind. Then I shift directions. It doesn't mean that I stop being a doctor because instead of to surgery or to heal human body, I decide to go to the human mind and explore the best I can the human mind. And that's the reason why I decide to keep going with the tradition that comes from my family. And I become the Nawal of the Shaman. And in that way, I, I have completely access to all my apprentices that, come, that came to me in order to learn and have that experience. Then I work with them for years and years and years until it was so easy for me to understand completely how the human mind works. And then that's when I I decided to to create the book, The Four Agreements, that was in 1997, by using the simplicity of uh, the human integrity and put it and make it an example of the impeccability of the world that make a very short book that I can say everything that a human mind really needs to know in order to change the way they handle their own dream or their own story. So, Miguel, so, let's,
2: huh? let's, talk, let's talk about the four agreements as you've now raised it now. Um, just just talk about that book, and obviously it was incredibly successful for you. So so just talk about what the key ingredients were that, that are so important for us to know.
3: Well, the four agreements is really a materialization of myself in words. Then, like I said, it was an uh, example of the impeccability of the work. And what came out is my integrity what I really am and just by taking the integrity and put it in words it goes directly to every single human integrity it doesn't matter what is the language that they speak it doesn't matter what is the religion that they follow it doesn't matter what is their philosophy their beliefs when they read the four agreements in any language, it's like a, the grandfather is telling them all those words of wisdom that is nothing but common sense. Then this little book is a guide for all of us to return to our, own, to our authenticity, to be what we really are and stop pretending to be what we are not, pretending to send an image that we know we are not, and that anyway will be distorted by everybody else who perceive that image. Then at a certain point, we can say that the four agreements is a mirror who will reflect what you really are. So, Miguel, why,
2: why do we do that? Why do we pretend?
3: Well, because this is what we learn. You know, when we were children, and our parents hook our attention, and the teachers hook our attention, they're telling us what we need to believe, step by step, and we believe them. We agree with everything that they teach us, without any doubt. We invest our faith in everything that they teach us. And we didn't have a chance to make any choice. Like we didn't choose where to born, what language we speak, what religion we follow, what philosophy, etc. We just follow what, we was, uh, what they was teaching us. So in some way, so in
2: some ways the best student you were at school and the best child you were to your parents, the actual harder it is to break this down.
3: Well that was a, a challenge that I didn't bring up because I can be punished and I didn't want to be punished and a certain point when after the see the death of my brother I see that I have the advantage of have a little more awareness than other people. And, and even that I try to share with everyone and nobody really understood what I say, I see it as a big advantage. And my advantage was the awareness and the awareness uh, is how to use what we know in a way that, uh, that we can learn more and challenge what we already learned. Then with the four agreements, we unlearn all those lies that we accumulate in our belief system and we challenge them. And that's why it, it will guide us to our authenticity and we no longer pretend to be what we are not. Because even if we're not aware, we're being pretended all our life. But when you see it, you see yourself in the mirror, we can say, and you see what you really are. You find out that it's easier to be what you are than pretend to be what you're not. Because in order to pretend to be what you're not, you need to use a lot of lies and use all your energy, all your power to keep all those lies. Just to have that awareness is a is a, a big, big step. Because once you have that awareness, you accept life as it is, not the way you want it to be. So in some ways it's, it's a big relief when you get to that point. Oh, it's
2: a lot of peace. A lot of peace. So like, let's talk about the the other agreements. You mentioned impeccability with the word. Just mention the others.
3: Well, uh, the second agreement is don't take anything personally. And this is the one that almost everybody say that this is the most difficult you know. <laughs> Yes. Uh, And I may agree with them, but you know, this is based in the first one. Because uh, we use the word in order to create our own reality. But everybody around us, they also use the word to create their reality. And in their reality, in their dream, they are the center of their dream. That they really don't know you. They only know what they believe about you. As well, you only know what you believe about them. You really don't know them. Like you don't know your parents, you don't know your spouse, you don't need your, you don't know your children. We can say that in many cases, you don't even know yourself. But anyway, if we don't take anything personally, that gives us immunity in the interaction that we have with one another. Because we know that whatever we say about somebody else, we are talking about what we believe about them. And this is not exactly true. And vice versa. When they talk about us, they are talking about the image that exists in their mind from the secondary character that they create. And this is not us. This is just what they believe. And that will change what they believe about us according how they feel in that moment if they're angry if they're jealous or whatever drama happened in their life then if we don't take things personally that gives so much clarity and we find out that in that interaction if we don't take personally it's just business and we can act in a completely different way we are without reacting emotionally which means that we can have a better solutions or in every challenge that we have in life if we don't take anything personally.
2: Miguel, we're coming up to our second break, and this is just fascinating uh, to hear you speak so clearly. So we'll take this break and we'll return with Miguel Ritz with the four and five agreements. Spirit of Peter for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
0: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network.
1: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter tongue If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
2: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with your host, Peter tongue I have with me today Don Miguel. Ritz, who is giving us a wonderful discussion about the four and five agreements. Miguel, just give us uh, your website for anybody that would like to connect with you.
3: Well, it's uh, www.miguelritz.com.
2: That's straightforward, miguelritz.com. And I know that you're coming up to Vancouver, Canada in the near future. Just tell us a bit about that.
3: Yes, uh, it will be December 19th in the Unity Church.
2: It's November, isn't it?
3: November 19th? Yes, November
2: 19th. Yep. The Unity Church in Vancouver, which is on uh, Oak Street. What are you going to be doing in that uh, talk?
3: Well, I will talk about the uh, uh, Fourth Fifth Agreement Perfect. and, um, and, um, and uh, uh, some music that we may create, I don't know, that will be fun. Great, excellent.
2: So let's continue uh, with, with the four agreements and go into the third agreement.
3: Well, is don't make assumptions. And this is based in our own creation once again. You know, we accumulate so much knowledge that in a certain point of our life, something extraordinary happens in our head. And knowledge starts talking with a voice that nobody can hear but us, and we call it thinking. Then in the beginning, the thinking is, is very little, and, and but after a certain time in, of, uh, in, in, uh, um, in our life, it becomes bigger and bigger, and just like a wild horse that is hard to control. You know, it's been like at a market where thousands voices are talking at the same time and nobody is listening this is how the adult mind works Then, but don't make assumptions that give us immunity in the interaction that we have in our own mind with ourselves because all those opinions that only happen in our head, all those voices We'll make assumptions about almost everything And because we don't know, we take it as real And many times we don't have the courage to ask if it's true or not what we are assuming Then by don't make assumptions We give immunity in the interaction that we have with ourselves Then by don't making assumptions, the creation of your story can become more and more pleasant Because if you don't take things personally and you're impeccable with the world Then for sure very soon you will start making assumptions and you will get that inner peace that we are looking for a long, long time But the one that I like the best is the fourth one is uh, always do your best, and that's this my, is. That's,
2: that's my favorite too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the first three only exist in the level of the mind, but with the fourth one, you make what is in your mind becomes real. You make it comes true. You know, all this time that I traveling around the world and see so many different civilizations, so many different ways of being, so many different religions, so many different philosophies, even going to to the um, ancient temples like in Egypt and Greece and Teotihuacan and Machu Picchu. I can see the creation of humanity, what we create. And I can assure you that everything that I can see, it first exists in the human mind, and with the action, we make it real. That includes the cars, the planes, the buildings, and the computers. You know, everything exists first in the human mind, and with the action, we make it real. And it's so wonderful to see that for agreement is what can make a difference because you can have great ideas. But if you don't take the actions those ideas will dissipate and will not create any change but if you put it in words put it in film uh, put it in any kind of art put it in music and you share it with everyone else that really will make a big big difference then we can see that these four agreements Is just the introduction of a way of life of the artist with awareness. So where did the uh, Fifth Agreement come from as as an addition? Well, the Fifth Agreement is the conclusion. We say that the Four Agreements is um, the introduction to a mystery school that we call life. And... Is, uh, is just by common sense. As uh, we say, practice, make the master. Well, for many years, we practice um, the opposite of these four agreements. We practice, let's say, like anger or jealous or anything else. Let's say, like, uh, if we're children, we make a tantrum and uh, we win in that tantrum, we do it again, and we keep practicing and practicing. When we grow up, we master to make tantrums, to, make, to be angry, to be jealous. And this is our mastery. This is neither good or bad or right or wrong. It's just a result of our practice. When we have awareness and we understand what we did with our lives, and we practice these four agreements, We just let go all those lies, and we practice and practice until we are ready. And when we are ready is when the fifth agreement comes into our life. And that fifth agreement is be skeptical, but learn to listen. be Be skeptical is not a social position to say, oh, I'm so intelligent, I will not believe what anybody says. No, not at all. Be skeptical really means that we don't believe whatever anybody says because this is truth only for the reality that they create, for the story that they create, and it's only truth for them, not necessarily is truth for us. But the goal, the key isn't, but learn to listen because when we listen what they say, We can take from the experience that they have in life what it works for us. We make it ours, and that will increase all what we believe, all what we know. And whatever doesn't work for us, we just put it in the trash. We don't need it. But we need to make that discernment. You know, be skeptical for me means don't believe me. Don't believe yourself and don't believe anybody else. Don't believe yourself because most of the things that your mind is telling you, that knowledge is telling you, is not really true, especially when you tell to yourself that you are not good enough, that you are not strong enough, that you are not intelligent enough, that you never will make it when you put all those barriers in your life it's obvious that you are lying. Then if you don't believe yourself, you no longer believe your own lies, but you only believe the good things about yourself.
2: So how do we know the difference then between hearing the voice of truth inside us uh, as opposed to the lies? Well,
3: it's something that we call the power of the doubt. You challenge what you believe, and by challenge, you will find out if it is or is not true. Because we learn a lot of superstition. We become very fanatic of what we believe. And we believe in so many dogmas. But if those dogmas, if this uh, um, superstition will survive the presence of the truth. Then that's a very good question for everyone. Then be skeptical is like the graduation, and you no you're no longer an apprentice, you're no longer a student, you become a master. And you no longer believe in knowledge, but now you believe in wisdom because you become wise and you find out that all the knowledge is there because you created you adopt it, and you give all your personal power to that knowledge. But when you become wise, now knowledge obey you. And you use knowledge in order to communicate with everyone else and with yourself. And this is the reason why we create knowledge. But we don't need to give the power anymore to knowledge because we are so wise. Now, Knowledge will obey, and it be, whatever we say, it becomes a message, and that message becomes extremely simple. That I call it common sense, and is completely available to everyone. Now, Miguel, in some ways,
2: we're inviting people to completely step out of of the traditional way here. So, how do we restore faith within ourselves as we go on this? a uh, solo journey in some ways?
3: Well, this is extremely easy. Every time that you break an old agreement that is based on lies, that is based on fear, the faith that you invest in the creation of that agreement, it came back to you. And when it comes to you, your will becomes stronger. And stronger and stronger and stronger. That at certain point after practicing, let's see, these four agreements and challenging all those lies, all the faith that you invest in those lies, it becomes back to you and makes your will stronger. By doing that, you find out that you don't need to trust into the outside. What you need to trust is in yourself. That you need to put all your faith in what you really are. And you will find out that whatever you want to have, you will have it. Whatever you want it, it will come be truth for you. But with the common sense, you will give up so many things that you don't need. Because you will not be greedy at all. What you really learn is just to be yourself and what you really are is something that we call love, and I see that love is an equilibrium between gratitude and generosity, and is unconditional. So
2: Miguel, we're coming up to our final break, and that's a beautiful place to break off. Having a fascinating discussion with Don Miguel Roots today, this is Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
0: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to myheartcenteredjourney.com for more information. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
1: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tung. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
2: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung just want to remind you of a wonderful opportunity. Miguel was talking earlier about converting from the mind into something profound. And we have this wonderful opportunity to go on a sacred mystical journey to the pyramids in the second half of February with Finbar Ross. So if you're interested in joining that group, please go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com where you can learn about the itinerary for that journey. I have with me today Don Miguel Ritz, who is talking to us about the four agreements and the fifth agreement, and his website is www.miguelritz.com. And Miguel, it's really interesting to me that you, you, you talk beautifully about the heart and about love, but you actually have had your own challenges uh, having both heart attack and heart transplant. So just talk to us about that.
3: Well, and the, the heart attack, it was in February 28, 2002. Um, At that time, a few days before, I went to the pyramids in Teotihuacan and I went to Montelban in Oaxaca with a, a, a big group of my apprentices. This time, my son, Don Jose, came with me. And I knew when I was in Teotihuacan that it was the end of my life in a few days. Then with that awareness... I make a ceremony, and I declare my son, Don Jose, the new Nawal, the new guide. And I create for him a group of elders that finish with him the training that I began. Anyway, we, we came back. I, I went back to San Diego. That was my home at that time. And surely the, the 24, uh, the 28, at 4 in the morning, it was a big pain in my chest who, in my chest who woke me up. And I knew this is the end because it's one of the symptoms of a heart attack. You know you're dying. And uh, I did what anyone do Uh, when that happened. I I get the phone, I I dial 911, and I tell them my symptoms. And surely very soon I was in the hospital in intensive care. And I was so excited because I finally will have the, the extreme experience of living in my physical body. And I have the opportunity to teach everybody uh, how to surrender to death, how to master death. But the only problem is that at, at that time, well, I hardly can reach anybody. Anyway, like a couple of hours later, my son, Don Jose, came from, from L.A., uh, where she was living and when he arrived it, it was the very first time that he saw me that week and dying and when he came into, into the door to see me he was in tears it looks like uh, everything I was teaching him all his life was going to the trash he come and say father don't die please uh, 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 you, can, you cannot leave me I then a the little the best I can. I look into his eyes and I say, Son, is this is the way that you will celebrate the death of your father? Get out of the room, fix yourself, and when you're ready, come back because I have something important to share with you. Of course, that shocked him. So he went out, and a few minutes later, he came back. It was completely different. And he looked into my eyes and said, Oh, father, I'm sorry. I understand now what you mean i i, I can i can hear uh, to use your death in order to justify my fear and to justify my suffering and to be so right about about uh about about your death I can see that it was just my selfishness how can I use the last moments of your life in order to hurt myself and mainly when you are not dead yet. I have a big smile. He come to me and say, Father, I am with you now. And I was so happy and say, well, it's wonderful that you can see that because just imagine that it happened exactly the opposite. That you're already dead and you are in the coffin and your whole family, all the people that you love are crying because you are dead but you have no pain you feel great <laughs> and, uh, and you, let's see if you have only a moment to talk to them what is what you will tell them then he say well what I told them is please don't suffer you guys are alive I'm dead but don't use my death in order to hurt yourself no let me go I'm happy, I'm great the way I am. Then you need to be happy and great to be what you are, to be alive. Then go and enjoy your life. I don't exist any longer, but I exist in your mind. I say, wow, this is exactly what I have to tell you Jose, because if you see everything is just a world of illusion, everything that is in your mind is just ghost, and this is what you know then yes, my physical body will go, but my ghost is still living in your head. And if in your head you see my ghost, you have no idea what that ghost has in their mind. Like if right now you see my physical body, you have no idea what I have in, in my mind. But if you talk to your, to the ghost of, from, to my ghost in your head, you will get any answer that you want to, which means that I'm not really dead, but the image is still dead. And the thing is that I cannot die because I am immortal. I am life. I am not the body. And I am the same force that moves you and that moves everything. Then if you understand, you will find out that all your your relatives, everybody will tell you what it was my wish, what I wanted to do. But you hear it directly from me, then don't believe them. And they will just express what they feel, the emotions The pain that they have, which is fine, it's nothing really personal. Then just do me a favor, just be skeptical and don't believe, but listen what they say. And this is how he start put it in words. And this is how he created the fifth agreement, which is the conclusion of the other four. Anyway, I was nine weeks in coma. I have great experiences. And after uh, nine weeks when I woke up, the surgeon told me that uh, I only live within 16% of my heart capacity and that they didn't expect for me to live more than one or maybe two years. But uh, the rest of my life I have to spend sitting in a sofa, watching TV or reading books. And I say, sure. But as soon as I was at home... I called my three children and I told them there is no way that I will be at home waiting for death. I will go out and I will look for death. And by doing that, I will enjoy every single moment of whatever is the rest of my life because I really appreciate life. And I want you guys to see what I'm doing because this is what you will do. Because we never surrender to death, but we surrender to life because this is what we really are. Then for eight eight years and a half, I was living in that condition with a lot of physical pain.
2: So Miguel, we're almost at the end of the show. I did want you to get in quickly about your actual heart transplant just a year ago. Yes, uh,
3: that's what I was going to. <laughs> after eight years and a half, then I decided that and I didn't die all, all that time, I decided that I need a new heart. Then I, I applied. It was a whole year that they test my body until finally in August uh, last uh, last year, they put me on the list and they told me that it will be from six months to one year. But in November, November 9, is when they call me and let me know that they have a heart for me. It was a year ago today. Well, it's almost 30 months because it was in, in October 9th, not November 9th, okay. October 9th, sorry. And, um, and then I, uh, about that time, my son, Miguel Jr., he was with me and I told him, don't worry about me. Uh, for me, it's a win-win situation. If my body dies, I don't have to worry. I will be in peace. I don't have that pain anymore. And if my body doesn't die, then I will, I will have a new beginning. And that's exactly what happened when I came back with a new heart of, of, of a 20-year-old woman who lived in, in Washington State. Uh, everything begins for me again. Then
2: so, Miguel, we're, we're, we're actually out of time here, and I can't, I can't extend the time, unfortunately. I would love to talk to you all day, but I really appreciate that piece of information that you are now beginning this new journey with a new life, the new heart, with love in your heart, and I really, really appreciate uh, the fantastic message you've given us today. I'm sorry I had to bring you to a fast end there, but we are at the end of the show. Thank you so much.
3: It is my pleasure.
2: My guest next week will be Jim Cloughley, and he's going to be tackling a difficult topic about all the young men living their lives today without any father figures in their lives, and how that creates tremendous challenges for those young men and their mothers. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It's been a wonderful hour spent with Miguel Ritz. Uh, have a wonderful week. Enjoy the 11.11.11. 11, 11. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Go Creation.